0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This
1: is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells, were filling in for the guys today, taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Mike Wells NFL. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 729 three seven seven six and right now speaking of callers we bring in chris canty host of this show canty and carlin here on espn radio he is hosting greenie all week if you miss him and carlin check them out from 10 a.m to noon every uh, day eastern every day Uh, canty thanks for stopping by we We're taking calls throughout the show because apparently people are like really hot on this KD topic and specifically Kevin Durant going back to the Golden State Warriors potentially. So I am going to get your thoughts on that. But before I do, when we were taking callers, your old friend Cabana from New Mexico, one of our loyal listeners here on Canty and Carlin, he gave us a call. You guys have quite the storied history uh, as he's been a caller on the show numerous times. Here was Cabana earlier
2: glad to, to hear that the overtalker uh Chris is not on right now. What?
1: Canty, what? do you do you have something to say? Do you want uh, to addre- take this time now to address Cabana cuz it was kind of a cheap shot by him you weren't here, you know, you couldn't defend yourself. Yeah, it's almost
3: like that shot that the uh the uh Wimbledon folks took at uh Drew Locke over the weekend talking about him. It just it just felt like it was completely unnecessary to take that shot off the top rope, I'm not even on the show, and he's just sitting there saying, I'm glad he's not here. And I'm just like, wow, I thought we were better than that. I give Cabana an opportunity to talk, but he's also got to give me the opportunity to talk, and that's where he gets in a little bit of trouble because none of his arguments seem to make a whole lot of sense when you have him on air. I
4: got to tell you you this, Chris. You and Amber have clearly done shows together. She did not try to defend you when he said
3: that either. No, no, well, no, 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 hold she on. Knows what it. It is. She knows what it is with Cabana. I mean, I, just, it's
1: par for the course. I did say <laughs> that you were coming on at 5 o'clock Eastern. So I, I did know that you were going to have your opportunity here, and I did mention it uh, immediately to Cabana that you will be joining the show at 5 o'clock Eastern, so you will have your opportunity here to respond to him. Uh, so I gave you the floor. You can do your own dirty work. You, know, you don't need me uh, to do it for you. In terms of Kevin Durant, because people are very, very hot on this. We have been getting tons of calls far beyond Cabana, uh, far beyond people wanting to insult Chris Canty. We've been getting tons of calls here about this potential KD reuniting with the Golden State Warriors. Do you think there's any chance of this happening, Canty?
3: Well, I think there's a chance just because the return that the Brooklyn Nets would get is something that would put them in position to be able to have sustained success. You're talking about Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, and James Wiseman being included in the deal off the top. Andrew Wiggins, who knows whether or not that could potentially be on the table if they move Ben Simmons. But I just I see it as a situation where it could be a win-win for both organizations. But in this situation, to me, it's clear that KD needs the Golden State Warriors more than the Golden State Warriors need him. Because whether they get KD or not, they're gonna be viewed as one of the favorites in the Western Conference in, in the upcoming season and probably for the next several seasons. So Golden State is in a good position. They've retooled the dynasty on the fly. And so I fully expect them to be in the championship picture, but I'm not quite sure that we can say the same for Kevin Durant no matter where he lands just because, you know, KD had a situation that he tailor-made for him and Kyrie, and over the last three years, I don't think there's anybody in the NBA that's underachieved quite like the Brooklyn Nets.
4: Let's assume Brooklyn says, okay, Golden State has the best package to send our way for Kevin Durant, and the Warriors go on and – Win a title with Kevin Durant again. How much will his legacy be tarnished based off the fact that he could only win a title playing alongside Steph, Clay, and Draymond?
3: Mike, I don't know that his legacy is going to be tarnished, but he does end up being the face of one of the biggest failures in NBA history, if not the biggest. I mean, as far as teams falling short of expectations, I mean, maybe you throw in those Lakers where they had Will Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and they didn't win a title. Maybe you would throw in the Houston Rockets when they got Charles Barkley and they didn't win a title with him, Drexler, and Olajuwon. But I mean, outside of those super teams, I don't know that we've seen a super team fall this far short of the expectations like the Brooklyn Nets. And and Kevin Durant has to be the face of it because he's the best player. He's the one that handpicked his running mate in Kyrie Irving. He's the one that handpicked the head coach and Steve Nash, I mean, he's the one that talked James Harden into coming into Brooklyn. So, I mean, this is this has got Kevin Durant's fingerprints on it. And the fact that it's it ended as bad as it did, them getting swept in the first round against the Boston Celtics, I, I think that's that's embarrassing. I still think he's a top 10 to 12 player in the history of the game, but this is also going to be a footnote when it comes to looking at his legacy.
1: Chris Canty joining his own show here on Canty and Carlin Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys let's talk about the Kyrie Irving situation with the Brooklyn Nets should the Nets care where Kyrie wants to go should they send him to the Lakers because it seems like maybe he's leaning that direction or should they i mean should they try to keep him like what should they be doing right now with Kyrie well
3: they're going to trade Kyrie and amber as a Lakers fan i i would like to see it um and the reason why it's like not love is because it's Kyrie Irving and you just don't know what you're going to get from him but With a team that's as desperate, you know, to improve the squad as they are, I don't think they have a whole lot of options because they don't have a ton of resources. So trading Russell Westbrook and a potential pick for Kyrie Irving, I I, I certainly could get on board with that to try to take advantage of the twilight of LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, But, but yeah, I think that Brooklyn should definitely be in the market of trading Kyrie Irving and trying to get the biggest return that they possibly can. And to me, being able to get an expiring contract in Russell Westbrook in a first-round draft pick from the Lakers in 2027, that's a good place to start in terms of a return for Kyrie Irving.
4: Hey, Chris, before we let you go, man, uh, yesterday was the 4th of July, and before we came on the air, we were, we were talking about favorite cookout foods and everything. What is an ideal cook? What, what are the you throwing on the grill or the big green egg or the Traeger when you're trying to throw down for a big holiday?
3: All right, so, Mike, here, here's the deal. I, I'm putting on some – well, yesterday we did burgers, we did some some links, some Italian sausages, we did some brats, uh, and we did some chicken, some grilled chicken with the jerk sauce. So that was that was what we did. Now, it was only three people. It was my mom, my fiance, and myself, and that's how we did it. So it was real low-key. But if I'm inviting folks over, it's going to have to be bigger than just burgers and dogs. It's going to have to be – some ribs, we got the chicken, we got the ribeye. I mean, if you really want to go in, you can slow cook that brisket. And all of this work is being done on the big green egg. That's just how I yes, get it. sir. So, so I got the real charcoal, I got the ceramic egg, so that's, that's what we're doing. But I, I'm adamant about this. When it comes to Fourth of July, when it comes to Thanksgiving, your bigger holidays where food is involved, even the Super Bowl to some degree, you have to have a spread if you're inviting people to come over. It can't just be hot dogs and burgers. And, and Carlin and I had a chance to talk to Adam Schefter about this this morning. Adam Schefter, one of the best insiders, if not the best NFL insider in the business, but he's terrible with his food, st- food takes. He's right there with Dan Orlovsky because he was the one that was saying that it's okay to go out to a cookout that just has burgers and dogs on the 4th of July. I couldn't stand for it. It's blasphemous. It's absolutely ridiculous and I got to give this PSA right here and now that that is completely unacceptable. So burgers if you and one of those people So if you one of those people that invite folks over to your crib for the 4th of July or for Thanksgiving and you think it's okay to just have burgers and dogs, shame on you. Shame on you.
4: Listen, Adam was too busy working, uh, working the phones line, stopping breaking news to be able to worry about it. I'm telling you, in the Wells household yesterday, a big green egg. I go. smoked a couple slabs of uh, baby back ribs. I had a big Ooh. pork butt for uh, some pulled pork. And I picked my kids up from basketball camp today. And normally, we like to make a run through Chick-fil-A. And they said, hey, can we go get lunch? I said, nah, we got all that leftover meat in the fridge. Y'all about to go eat some leftover ribs and uh, pulled pork sandwiches. So, listen, the Canties in the wells can roll any you, day of the
3: y'all week. So week. And, 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 you And Mike, and Mike low-key, it's better the next day because
5: the exactly. season is sunny. Yes. It's
1: better yes. the next day. Yes. Y'all are fancy. Yes. I <laughs> went to my best friend's house for a cookout, and you know what she had? Hamburgers and hot dogs. And that was it. And I was grateful. I was grateful because July 4th, Connotes hamburgers and hot dogs. Y'all are fancy, but I will tell you, I'm crashing y'all's uh, barbecues next year. Chris yeah, Canty, exactly. host of Canty and Carlin, here on ESPN Radio. Chris, thanks for stopping by.
3: I appreciate y'all holding it down.
1: <laughs> Coming up now, now, I'm just hungry too. This is a problem, Mike Wells, when you host this show and then you get involved in a food conversation. <laughs> it's like closer to dinner time, you know. Coming up next, who's going to miss who more? Is it going to be Devonte Adams or Aaron Rodgers? Let's do some more NFL talk when we come back on Canty and Carlin.
5: Not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys here on and Carlin. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports at Mike Wells NFL. Now, Mike, I don't know if you were so busy eating your fancy barbecue, your pork butt your ribs whatever you had going on on that green egg yesterday what? so I'm not sure over the weekend that you got to see over the holiday weekend that Brett Favre had made some interesting comments to TMZ and Brett Favre basically said that Aaron Rodgers is going to well sorry Devonte Adams is going to take a step back without Aaron Rodgers at the helm And he said no disrespect to Derek Carr at all, but Devontae Adams, you know, might take a little bit of a step back when it's not Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. Fine. It's not crazy to say, right, that Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback over Derek Carr, as great as Derek Carr has been. But it has led to a question here. Where, who is going to miss who more? Is it going to be Devontae Adams? is Brett Favre right? Like, it's going to be Devontae Adams missing Aaron Rodgers now that he has his childhood best or his college best friend throwing him the football? Or is it going to be Aaron Rodgers maybe taking a little bit of a step back now that he's missing his favorite target?
4: Man, I've been thinking about that, since, uh, that question since we had our um, planning meeting earlier, earlier today. I am going to say I think Aaron Rodgers is going to miss Devontae Adams more than Devontae Adams is going to miss Aaron Rodgers. I think, obviously, like you alluded to, Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. And no knock on Derek Carr. because I I was hoping the Colts would uh, would have acquired Derek Carr. Um, But who in the world is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball to on a consistent basis, be able to throw the ball up to and say, go get it? or know that you have a safety valve when you can't find anybody else down the field. When you look at the receivers on the roster of the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams has a quarterback who's going to get him the ball. The question is, who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw it to? I know they, they drafted a the young kid out of North Dakota State, a um, wide receiver, earlier in the draft, but still, I just think at some point Aaron Rodgers will be like, damn, only if Devontae was here, I, we that guy would have caught the ball. So I'm saying Aaron will miss Devontae more than the other way around.
1: Well, and uh, Valdez, Scantling as well, right? I mean, it, it, Devonte Adams is not the only piece missing from Aaron Rodgers' arsenal. He will have Randall Cobb. He'll have Amari Rodgers. But, yeah, it's like who – I mean, he's, it's bringing in new pieces for Aaron Rodgers. And who's going to be the next Devontae Adams? And I guess the question comes down to do you believe in the greatness of Aaron Rodgers that he can create – the next Devontae Adams. And is it Devontae Adams being Devontae Adams? Is it Aaron Rodgers, you know, the reigning back-to-back MVP, just making everybody around him so much better? We're going to get a taste of it. I don't know if we're going to see a huge fall-off from either of these guys because I think really the reality is that Aaron Rodgers is elite, 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 elite quarterback And like the Tom Brady's of the world, he does make the receivers better. And so whoever's catching the football from Aaron Rodgers is going to be having an easier time doing it. That being said, I think that Devontae Adams is also going to have a ton of chemistry with Derek Carr. I'm one who thinks Derek Carr is one of the most underrated quarterbacks or underappreciated, maybe, is the better way to say it, Mike. I think he's been underappreciated over the years. We know what he did. And just keeping that team on track last year during an unbelievably tumultuous season for that Raiders team. And so... That relationship, the the vet presence of Car, but then also that relationship that extends back to college for those guys. Those guys have remained really close all throughout their NFL careers, apparently spend time in the offseason together as well. So it will look different when it's not Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Fine, but he's still got a veteran, fully capable quarterback throwing him the ball and one who has a really personal relationship with. So in chemistry matters in that sport, I, I do think that, both of those guys, frankly, will probably fare just fine without one another.
4: Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers – I mean, great quarterbacks know how to make weak wide receivers average. Average receivers, mm-hmm. good. Good receivers, great. Great receivers into all pros, and that is Aaron Rodgers. So, he's going to miss Devontae, but at some point this season, somebody – he's going to find that new go-to guy, and you may say, Devontae Adams who? Who is was Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah, that guy who's no longer who wanted to get traded away from Green Bay because he didn't know the future of the quarterback after Aaron Rodgers. So it's just a matter of how quickly Aaron Rodgers can find that guy. We know Devontae and Derek Carr are going to have that chemistry. It's going to be there. It's a given. But you can't say the chemistry is going to be there with Aaron Rodgers and his rec- his new number one receiver right away. It may take some time into the regular season. Maybe it'll be just in training camp. So that question lingers more than how long it'll take for Derek Carr and Devontae Adams to find their mojo together again.
1: I do think that there might be some growing pains, particularly initially – for for both sides of this equation, right? Because although we know that that Derek Carr connection with Devontae Adams looked great back at Fresno, it's been a long time since those guys played together, right? And, and sure, they maintained a personal relationship, but it'll be a little bit different here, them actually forming that relationship again on the field. So there will be some growing pains potentially there, but they'll get back on track with the familiarity with one another. And then with Aaron Rodgers, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, because he does have new pieces around him. And then the young pieces and in in the Christian Watson, maybe Watson will become, you know, the Devontae Adams of the world caliber kind of guy, but it's probably not going to come out of the gate for a rook. So Aaron Rodgers might make all the receivers around him better. It might take a little time here as he adjusts away from that Devontae adams size hole that's now been left in this offense, at least for the time being. Coming up next, it is ESPN Radio 2-a-days. We will break down the Detroit Lions. It is time to SWAT. That is next on Canty and Carlin.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify?
1: This is NFL Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We broke down the Jacksonville Jaguars for you last hour, so let's go ahead and get to our second team for the day, the Detroit Lions, Mike. Well, we're going to go ahead and play some SWAT, as we like to call it, with the Detroit Lions, strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. Let's start with strength. What is the biggest strength? For this Lions team as we head into the 22-23 season.
4: Uh, Drafting Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. He's going to impact the defensive line. Dan Campbell's a defensive coach. So now they have some hope on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, The reality is, Amber, I'm not going to sit here and try to sugarcoat it. There's not a lot of hope and optimism about the Detroit Lions. Let's be real. They're not a a franchise that is used to winning. But when you get a guy who played down the road from Detroit and Ann Arbor... You have reason to show support for the Lions because you have a you know quote unquote hometown kid, and I think that's their uh, their strength is going to get Aiden Hutchinson because he's going to put seats, he's going to put butts in the seat, and he is also a guy that can impact the defense side of the ball.
1: I guess I'll say their strength might be schedule, might be that they play in the NFC instead of the AFC. <laughs> makes things a little (laughs) bit easier on this Detroit Lions team. I also like uh, the the Hutchinson pick. However, what I'll say about that is that I think what the strength really is here is that they had all the draft capital in 2022, but they didn't force the issue at quarterback. They decided to stick with Jared Goff for another season because we know that no matter what happens here with Goff in 2022-23 and that 2023 NFL draft – the quarterback situation is supposed to look much improved over this draft. So I do like what they did in the draft. I like that they went ahead and, like you said, tried to improve that D-line with the Hutchinson pick. Some of the other moves that they made as well when they packaged you know, 32, 34, and 66 together to pick up that 12th and forty-six pick from their division rivals when they used that 12th pick on, on Jamison Williams. Like, they did some nice moves here that I do think will really help improve this Lions team as we head into this next season. Maybe we won't really see the results of that immediately but I like that they didn't force the issue at quarterback and that we're waiting. So I I also will make the draft their biggest strength. (laughs) What would you have as the Lions biggest weakness?
4: I I would love to say it's Jared Goff um, just because the fact that the Lions don't believe that he is going to be their long term -term answer at the quarterback spot after they gave him up in the uh, Matthew uh, Stafford trade a couple years ago. But I'm not going to say it's Jared Goff. They're not strong in the, they're not strong in the running game, so they don't have anybody to take pressure off. DeAndre Swift led them in rushing last season when he rushed for six, you know, barely over six hundred yards. So I can't say you know you can't point the finger strictly at golf in that area. They, he doesn't have any weapons to throw the football to either. They just don't. Have, they don't have skill position players. Their right. weakness is that they do not have players that are going to help Jared Goff out. They have to upgrade at the skill position spot. Yes, they got they got a uh, Jamison Williams, but he may not be ready for the start of training camp after tearing his ACL in Alabama last year. So right. weakness, skill position.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I I'm with you there. I, the weakness is that Jared Goff doesn't have the weapons. I mean that 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 feels like the largest weakness. I mean I'm middle of the road with Jared Goff. Jared Goff isn't the worst quarterback in the world. Listen, we i mean, we—we we saw what he did. Yes, he didn't win the actual Super Bowl like Matt Stafford did on that Rams team, but we saw him have success in the NFL. Jared Goff isn't their biggest weakness. He might be a middle-of-the-road kind of quarterback and whatnot, and they might move on from him in a season because maybe he can't survive it with a bad team around him, but he needs more help around him in order to have an improved season, frankly. And, and like you said, I'm not sure that he really has it, or if he has it, even though they did make some of those moves in the draft, we're probably not going to see it in the immediacy. Uh, I will say that the other weakness for me would be Dan Campbell. I mean, he can bite kneecaps. I don't know if he can coach uh, as in terms of a head coach at the NFL level. I've always been a little down on Man Campbell. A lot of people love him because he's he's great for the sound bites. He's a lot of fun. Uh, I get that. I, I just I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I remember how it went there. I've never been very high on Dan Campbell. I'm not a believer. Uh, in him necessarily as, as in terms of the head coach of that team. Let's go on to opportunities. What is the biggest opportunity here for the Detroit Lions?
4: Ooh, wait, I'm gonna steal what you said earlier. They play. They play in the uh, in the NFC. Uh, that that is that is probably the best thing they had going for them. Is they they do play in the NFC. The Green Bay Packers are favored in the NFC North. But beyond that, uh, I mean, just the fact that they play in that conference. But there's there's ah God. I'd be, I feel like I'd be lying to everybody if I was sitting there saying there's reason to have a lot of optimism about this franchise. I'm, I'm going to roll back with Aiden Hutchison too. They, they, they've they got a – they're slowly trying to get a foundation in, but beyond that, I'm sorry. I just can't do it. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw in the towel, Amber. Hope you can sell it on me and everybody else on why people have reason to be optimistic about well the
1: opportunity here i think is jared goff i think that he has a real opportunity here maybe one final opportunity here but then also his contract looks a lot better for the lions after the season if it doesn't work out if they were to cut him loose this year in 2022 that would have left them 30 million in dead money in terms of a cap hit, in 23 it goes down to 10 million cap hit, and they will be able to move on for Jer- from Jared Goff. But he has an opportunity here to prove they don't need to move on from him. Chris Carlin, host of this show, Canty and Carlin. He was on Greeny earlier with Mike Greenberg, and he discussed the Lions knowing that moving on from Goff is an opportunity for them.
5: Look, Dan Campbell is an energetic magnetic personality who can lead the lions in the right direction. I think we all feel like that's the case, but my single biggest question for Detroit is, do they have their quarterback or not? And the fact that we don't have an answer about Jared Goff until now tells me that we have the answer. We're just not paying attention to it at this point next year. We're going to be talking about Detroit with a rookie quarterback.
1: Well, I don't agree with him off the top about Dan Campbell, <laughs> but I also don't know if, I, if I'm certain that they're totally out on Jared Goff. I mean, it, it's been a bad situation for Goff so far in Detroit, but like you and I both said, he doesn't, he doesn't have many weapons around him. He's not exactly thrown to the same pieces that now Matt Stafford is at his old job.
4: No, you're, you're, you're 100% uh, correct on that. I mean, now you, you look at the threat. Refresh my memory. What did we say the threat was again?
1: Well, I don't think we've come up with a threat yet. Uh, For me, the threat is the fact that you and I had such a hard time filling out SWAT for this Lions team for 22-23. We were Struggle City during the break trying to come up with our SWAT. That is the threat to this Lions team. It's not particularly interesting in in terms of these NFL teams. Listen,
4: at least they get to play on Thanksgiving, though. There's the highlight. They get to play on Thanksgiving.
1: Well, coming up next, we're going to get some expert help here with this Detroit Lions team, so let's bring in some help. Uh, Mike Walls and I need help making this Lions team more interesting. That's next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
5: ESPN Radio's NFL Tour Days. An in-depth preview of every team in the National Football League. Two teams every day as we storm towards training camp. NFL Tour Days continues on ESPN Radio.
0: Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Mike Wells, Zion Williamson agreed to a five-year max contract extension with the New Orleans Pelicans worth $193 million. Or if he meets the Supermax criteria next season, two hundred. million and thirty one million dollars that is a lot of money Mike Wells for a dude who barely ever plays basketball
4: I was under the belief of course this is something I'm sitting here thinking no one is not my money that Zion did not that the Pelicans would have been better off prove making Zion have a prove it year and when I say prove it prove that he can stay healthy simply I mean the guy has missed way more games than he's played in his NBA career the Pelicans are taking a risk. This is not the NFL where, you know, you're able to just give some guaranteed money. The NBA contracts are fully, fully guaranteed. So if Zion, for some odd reason, can't stay healthy still, you're sitting there giving this guy all this money for a guy who has played just 85 games in his career in the first three seasons of his NBA career. Talent-wise, I don't think anybody can question the talent of Zion. 22 and a half points in his rookie year. 27 minute, 27 um, points a game during the 2021 season, but he's always hurt, and that is a lot of money to fork over to somebody who can't stay healthy. And if he can't stay healthy, the Pelicans are going to regret this deal. It's going to be very tough for them in this situation. But what's going to happen if he is healthy? You have a solid foundation with Brandon Ingram you also have an incredible you know CJ McCollum all the pieces are simply there for the pelicans if Zion can stay it's a bright future we saw what new orleans was able to do um in the playoffs i mean they pushed they pushed the phoenix suns they made them work for that victory uh, that series victory so now it's a matter of are are the pelicans going to regret making this deal but mike I- i'll have to ask you there though do, do you blame New Orleans, looking at what happened with them with Anthony Davis and them losing stars in the past, like do you blame them for giving Zion Williamson yeah, money? Him. Even with all the uncertainty with them, I, I I don't see it. Ex- explain why you why you think I, that. I, I do I do blame. Him. I would not have given him that contract if I'm the Pelicans. I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll that dice and say, okay, you know what? Hey Zion, no disrespect to you, no disrespect, but you haven't proven that you can stay healthy. If you stay healthy, we we will take care of you. With the long-term contract, but if if you decide to go out and you play and you say, "All right, you you want to go ahead and and cut ties because we didn't have faith in you," we respect that. But I'm more inclined to lose out on Zion to be paying him all this money all these years. If he's in, and he's injured, they're gonna regret that and kick himself in the butt for it.
1: This will look ugly if he can't stay on that basketball court.
0: Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: This is NFL Two-A-Days here on and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. We were a little harsh there, Mike when we were doing our own breakdown of the Detroit lions last segment for NFL two a day. So let's bring in some help here. Dave Burkett, Detroit free press lions reporter, Dave, thanks for joining us. Go ahead and get the lions fan pumped up. My first question for you is what is the biggest strength? Let's keep things optimistic. What's the biggest strength of this lions team?
2: Well, I I think there's two things. I mean, number one, maybe Dan Campbell counts. you know, I, I know he, uh, just the the confidence I think he infused within that that team last year, the the unity that he sort of brought to the locker room. You know, the obviously he went for it a lot on, on fourth fourth down situations. You know, goal to goal situations. Uh, you know, the fake plays. I think some of that certainly you know had an impact on on the players. Um, but then from a uh, a team standpoint, you know that offensive line should be one of the better ones in the NFL. They've They've invested a lot in the uh, the group over the years, uh, three first-round picks on it, and uh, really they return their top seven players from the line. So, if there's something they're going to hang their hat on this season, it's going to be the play of that offensive line, and and hoping that it helps boost this offense and Jared Goff's play. L- Listen,
4: Dave, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Amber and I were trying to come up with a lot of p- some positives for the Lions in the last <laughs> segment on why people would want to pay attention to this season. You've covered the Lions for a long, long time. You just mentioned Don't the offensive me. line. <laughs> <laughs> you made a mention about they could have one of the top offensive lines in the NFL next season. With that said, w- will that give Jared, op- Jared Goff the opportunity to lock in and be this franchise quarterback for years to come, or-, or is the writing on the wall that maybe Jared's not that guy?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Lions thought – is that they would do everything possible to surround Jared Goff with enough talent to succeed right i mean they you look at that line and certainly they going back to last year really they started building it up uh, investing in, you know, Panay Sewell to, to go with, you know, Decker and Ragnow and everyone they had, you know, this off season, they, they signed DJ Chark. They didn't do much in free agency, but he was their big addition. You know, they trade up to get Jamison Williams. Obviously they returned their entire running back core. So, um, you know, when Jared had success with the Rams, he was surrounded by a really good offense. You know, Todd Gurley, best best running back in the game at the very least when, when he was there um, had a deep receiving core, pretty good offensive line and pretty good defense. And so the lions feel that, you know, the, the, the best way for him to have success is to, you know, invest in the offense like they've done. Now, I don't know if that's going to be enough. I I don't, you know, I I still have my doubts about Jared. I I think, um, you know, this is going to be a very, very much a prove it year for him. Um, But from the lion's standpoint, you know, they have an easy out of the contract after this year if they don't like the direction things are going at the quarterback, and they still have most of those weapons that will be around the next QB. So I think they've they've built the thing wisely to give Jared a chance while the contract says he's going to be their quarterback.
1: Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press Lions reporter. Outside of Jared Goff, let's talk about some other players here who might – have an opportunity to take a big step forward. Their number three overall pick back in 2020, Jeff Okada, he hasn't really met the expectations that one would expect uh, to be picked, of course, that high in the draft out of Ohio State. The DB was mostly in his rookie year chasing receivers, and then he suffered that season-ending Achilles' tear. Uh, is there any hope here that he'll get back on track and maybe have a breakout season?
2: Definitely a wild card for them. Uh, you mentioned it, you know, uh, as a rookie you know, Jeff did not have a great season. I think he would be the first one to tell you that he was dealing with an injury that, that cut short a season that year too, um, sports hernia surgery. So maybe there was, there was some reason for it, along with playing a pretty difficult position last year toward the Achilles week one. I don't think anyone really knows what to expect from Okuda this fall. Um, you know, certainly the, the Lions are hopeful and, and they see the talent and, and he's on track to, to be a, a big time contributor early in the season for him. But I think it would be a mistake, given what we've seen so far, to expect him to to be a, uh, you know, shut type corner or, or to really count on him um, opposite of Manny Ar- 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 you know, locking down that, that starting job. So there's a lot of hope because of who he is and his pedigree. But he just hasn't shown it yet, so that's one of the the big question marks I think going into training camp.
4: As you look at the, uh, I was looking at the Lions' schedule, Dave, and it seems like there's an opportunity potentially if Jared Goff plays well in the def- Aiden Hutchinson comes in and contributes on the defensive side of the ball, to kind of maybe win a few more games than maybe projected. As you looked at, as you broke down this schedule, and I know it's way too early because we haven't even started training camp. How many wins do you think this team potentially could get next season?
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think, you know, they, they have one of the weakest schedules in the NFL when you look at, you know, the, they play the the Giants and the Jets and the Carolina Panthers and the Jaguars and the Seahawks and, you know, a bunch of teams that most people expect are, are not going to be very good along with what I think is going to be a pretty mediocre NFC North Um but most of those teams are looking at the lions the same way. So I think, you know, we have to keep that in perspective. Like, I think the lions will be better than last year. You know, I think they'd take a, a distinct step forward. Maybe we're looking at a seven and 10 type season, which, which probably beats the, the Vegas odds. I think those are, you know, about six and a half is the the line on that right now. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't quite see them making that leap to, you know, being in the playoffs and challenging the Packers for the NFC North title because, you know the the roster is essentially what the roster was last year, plus Chark, plus a bunch of rookies. And when you're counting on, you know, a bunch of rookies as, as good as Aiden Hutchinson might be, and as good as Jamison Williams might be in time, you know, Williams might not play the first you know month, first six weeks, whatever it is of the season. So, I think it's you have to temper those expectations with the reality that um, a lot of the growth that they're expecting is coming from young guys, and you just you don't know exactly how that's going to go.
1: Yeah, Dave, uh, we're up against the clock here, but quickly, I did want to ask you, what is the latest on Jamison Williams? I mean, realistically, what kind of impact could he have this season?
2: Yeah, he's going to be a really good player in time. Um, You know, the Lions have said they're not going to rush him back, fully expect that he's going to start training camp on the pup list. You know, whether they take him off and, and, you know, that enables him to play early on in the season is to be determined. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if he sat out the first month, but, you know, was a, a key contributor for this offense Uh, come the second half of the year.
1: Well, you made us feel more optimistic, Dave. So thanks for that. Dave Burkhead, Detroit Free Press Lions reporter. Dave, thanks for joining us.
2: You got it. We'll talk to you guys again.
1: That was, of course, part of our ESPN Radio NFL Two-A-Day. So every day we will be unpacking multiple teams here, two teams, of course, hence the Two-A-Days, across the NFL landscape. And then, of course, bringing in somebody who covers the team to help us do that. Do you feel better Mike, after talking to Dave, somebody very much in the know, someone very, very plugged into that team, do you feel better about this Lions upcoming season?
4: I feel better just based off of the week schedule they have. That is it. That I is told you that was only, their strength. <laughs> yes, that is the only thing that uh, gives me any type of hoped optimism that this franchise could win a few more games than what they did last season. That is it.
1: Well, and they you know, did bring in, obviously, with the draft. They did, they did draft Aiden Hutchinson. It's a shame that Williams won't be available before that because I do think that that's a big pickup for them, too, and he could be a really exciting player for them in the future. Jared Goff has to take a step forward. It sounds like talking to Dave there that they're not totally out on Jared Goff, so maybe he will actually have a real opportunity here this season. Coming up next, which teams have the opportunity in terms of landing KD? That's next. This is ESPN Radio.